You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. Listen, I just want to pray to kind of launch this thing, and I, I'm excited about what God is doing and the things behind the scenes that we don't know about. God is doing things that I believe is going to bless you in a great way. But let me pray. Father, I want to thank you so much, Lord, for meeting all of our needs according to your riches and glory. I thank you, Father, for blessing your people and, and awakening our spirits, Lord, to divine opportunities that are coming forth. And Father, we thank you for this and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Listen, all you river people, thank you so much for joining us today. Listen, uh, we're going to do an offering. I got a great word to get out to you that I think will bless you in a supernatural way. And uh, uh, first of all, if you look on our screen, we have our push pay. You can give that way. Uh, you can also send a check in the mail, I suppose, to the church. Uh, we appreciate all your giving. Thank you so much for all the giving you're doing. It is so essential and it's such a blessing. We're honored that you would give into to the work of God like this. And uh, but there's push pay. You can uh, you can do your offering that way. And I'm going to release a blessing on your offering right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, as your people sow the seed, we thank you so much, Lord, for causing them to be blessed overflowing, that the secret things of God would begin to be displayed to them. And you would bless them, Father, many times over. Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm getting a little antsy being cooped up in the house. But I believe that God's got something great for us. And I've entitled the message today, A Game Changer. And it's a powerful message because uh, it deals with the, something that we're dealing with right now, and that is this. Have you ever had a problem in your life that's bigger than yourself? Obviously, what we're facing today is really bigger than ourselves. I'm going to give you some truth today that will show you how to overcome in those areas when you get a problem that is bigger than yourself. And what we're going to do is we're going to go to a story in the Old Testament by a king by the name of Jehoshaphat who faced a similar battle where it wasn't something he was expecting. It wasn't something he was planning. It just came on him as a surprise. See, it's one thing to make a decision to do something and know it's going to cause resistance and problems in your life. It's another thing to just be minding your own business and some storm come in and hit you and broadside you. Listen, my friend, you're going to get blessed today with these truths. So if you got your Bibles, open up to 2 Chronicles 20, 17. And I want to read to you a very powerful verse. It says, uh, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah, Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them for the Lord is with you. Now, the situation here that Jehoshaphat is facing is this, and it's very unique. He has an army coming against him, and they're coming in the rear of Jerusalem. And that's very substantial. And God is saying to them, because he sought God what to do, and God said, listen, what I want you to do is understand, I am going to fight this battle for you. 
It's not something you're going to have to fight. And I want you to understand that, that we can pray, we can do our part, but God is going to fight our battle for us because it's too big for us. When it's too big for you, you got to have God doing it for you. You're going to be in trouble. Can you say amen? Now, in this story, when he says, I want you just to chill out, trust I'm going to do this for you. I want you to see the background in it. So if you look with me in your Bibles to verse 2, notice what it says. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazon, Tamar, which is in Janai. Now, that, when you usually read in the Bible, don't understand the significance of it. You just say, why do you even bother mention that? Because it's telling you how the enemy was attacking. He was coming up from the rear. And this is really powerful because the normal way that you would approach Jerusalem, it would take days for this opposing army to get there. But the way that they're coming at them is they're coming at them from the rear and they can be there in a day so he doesn't have time to prepare for it now when you think about that the battles that we're facing right now in america if we could have been able to to prepare for it if we would have known uh, far enough ahead of time we could have got the the drugs that we needed to defeat the things but it just caught everybody off guard it's the same type of trial that we're facing right now in america and god's telling you listen I want you just to stand still and let me do it. Let me do what I want, I want to do. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you victory in this area. You can see, Jehoshaphat did not have the time to get prepared for this battle. It was going to happen in the next day. And there wasn't any prep time. It just caught him by surprise. He couldn't do that. You know, in marriage and in life, a lot of times you can choose your battles. I know being married as, as long as Joyce and I have been married, uh, I have learned over the years some things you just learn to live with. I mean, maybe it's a simple thing. Maybe, well, why does she keep putting the clothes in my sink in the bathroom? Or she may be saying, how come he never doesn't pick up after himself? And those kind of battles, you know, we just need to buck up and be big enough that we can just live with certain things in our lives that might irritate us. But every so often... The devil will come at us with a battle that we couldn't prepare for. There was no preparation. It was just a surprise attack. We weren't looking for it. It just woke up one day and bam, we get hit with this huge trial. But I want you to know that in those times, we can turn to God just like Jehoshaphat did. And if in the text, it says this. It says in verse 3 that Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all of Judea. So he, he got shook up, but not to the point that he didn't see God. What you got to do sometimes is exchange your fear or take your fear and exchange it for faith. And that's what he did. He sought God. And if you take the time today to seek God, God will be with you. And you'll be able to get the victory that God has called you to, to give. And we're going to get through this. But I don't want to just go through it and come out the other side. I want to get through it with a blessing. And the way we're going to have to do it is the same way Jehoshaphat did. 
And that is to be someone that say, okay, I'm going to trust in you, Lord. You said that the battle was yours. I can only do so much. I've done what I can do. Now I've got to trust you. I got to trust that you know what you're doing and you're going to make it happen. Now, here's one of the keys to this. It's in the context of prayer. Look, if you would, in verse six and seven and notice what he says when he starts to pray. And he said, now he's in the temple where the temple was blessed by God. And he says this, and he said, Oh Lord God of our father, are you not the God in heaven? And do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nation? And in your hand, is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Wow. Are you not the God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to your descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? Are you not that? Listen to the prayer. This is powerful because in it, he reminds God of what God has done in the past. Now, God hasn't forgot about the things he's done in the past. But when you're in prayer, you need to remind yourself of what God has done for you. Because as soon as you remind yourself of what God has done for you, there's going to be a breakthrough in your life that is so supernatural. See, faith comes when you awaken that within your spirit. Listen, my friend, this, this is so good for you to understand that this is not the first battle, if you've been a believer in, that you have seen God come through in. It's not the first time that you've had a broken heart. It's not the first time that you felt lost. It's not the first time that you felt discouraged and oppressed. It's not the first time at all. And all those times God came through. And if he can do it back then, he can do it again. We need to trust him and he will finish what he started within us. He's going to bring a great breakthrough in your life, a supernatural breakthrough in your life, but you're going to have to trust him. And that's where it gets tricky. And I love in the prayer because it says that you promise this to your friend forever, say forever. These promises are forever. They're not over. They're forever. We can count on God delivering us. We can count on God blessing us. We can count on God bringing us through to a great blessing supernaturally in your life. So, so wherever you're at, my friend, God is here and he's there to bless you and to bring you over the top. Maybe you're, you don't understand what's going on and you're in fear and all that. I understand that. Exchange it. Your fear for God's faith and begin to trust him and and remember the past when God did this and God did that and and remind him of what his word says because it is forever and I'll tell you what when you do that God is going to begin to rise up inside of you a faith that doesn't quit but succeeds and in the story one of the things that they do to overcome to trust God is Jehoshaphat sends out the praisers, not the military, but the praisers. And they begin to praise God, and, and God uh, defeated their enemies by having them turn on themselves, and they killed themselves without one of Jehoshaphat's soldiers having to fight at all. It was praise 
that defeated them. I love it. The Bible says that God inhabits the praise of his people. In the Hebrew, it means that God enthrones that praise. And when you praise God, what you're doing is you are declaring to God things that God has already done or is going to do in your life. Father, I thank you so much that you you promised this and you did this for us and, and we give you praise. You raised Jesus from the dead and, and you forgave us of our sins. And, and you begin and in that praise, God begins to enthrone in it and begin to reign in your life. This is not a time to be praised less. This is a time to be praising God. It's a time to be thanking God that we are more than conquerors in him and that he cannot be defeated. And whatever you're going through, you are his beloved. He will not abandon us. He will be with us. This is not the end. This is only the beginning of a future that God has prepared for you. There's a refining that's going on. But trust that God knows what he's doing. And write this down. The promise is always bigger than the problem. I don't care how big the problem is. The promise is always bigger. It's always bigger than the obstacle. It's always bigger than the fence around what you need. It's always bigger than the scenarios that are telling you you can't do it. It's always bigger than that. The promises can always outdo and have outdone every work of Satan that has come against us. And God has not got tired of defeating the devil. We are victorious and we need to praise him right now. In fact, right now, why don't you just take a praise break and begin to thank God right now in your home. Begin to lift up your hand to thank your father. We got a roof over our head. You've put food in our cupboards. I got loved ones with me. And just begin to thank God right now for what he's doing in your life. Man, I can sense that praise just rolling up in my spirit. Because, hey, without him, none of this would be possible. We have this. And so we are not defeated and we are going through this battle and we are going to win victorious. Now, one of the things that I have noticed about people who are able to muster up their faith and really prevail in the midst of a trial is simply this. They have this ability that they will not allow their emotional distress to continue for prolonged periods of time. Let me give you an example. In the Bible, there were three people that went into God's promised land. I know what you're thinking, Pastor. That's wrong. It's only two. It's Joshua and Caleb. No, it's actually three. The third one, most people don't talk about. But if you remember the story of Joseph, how God promoted him as prime minister of Egypt, that on his death pick, he gathered all of his children around and he told him of what God was going to give him. God was going to give him the promised land. And he said to him, he says, I want you, I'm, I'm asking you to make a pledge to me right now today. I want you to make the promise to me that you personally will make sure that my bones are not buried in Egypt, but you take them with them when you go into the promised land. And that didn't happen for 430 years, but Joseph knew that God's word would eventually come to pass. He was the type of person that would not allow prolonged emotional stress in his life 
when he was sold into slavery and, and he was accused falsely with Potiphar's wife. He didn't allow that. And because of it, God took his faith and promoted him to a level that he, a person could only dream of. Because I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but he told the, the Pharaoh after he'd been promoted, he, he, he said this, or before he got promoted, he said that there was going to be seven years of plenty and then seven years of, of a drought, of really great hardship. And so when he got put in that position, he took seven years of plenty and stored up to such a degree that when the hard times came, all the inhabitants of Egypt came to him and said, listen, we're hungry. We got to eat. We'll, we'll give you our lands. We'll give you our, our properties. So all that came into his trust during the time of famine. That blessing that he gave him was so supernatural. It was so great. But he knew he was prophetic. He knew that, that the suffering that his people were going to go through because after that Pharaoh died, the other Pharaoh uh, oppressed him or oppressed the people. And he knew that. But he told him, listen, when that happens, understand something. It's still coming. I know it's coming. And it's coming so bad that I, I want you to promise that you're going to take my bones into the promised land. Listen, he knew that God wouldn't just take in one. He's taken all of us in. Maybe you're saying, oh, I don't know if I'll get it. You're getting, listen, if you're a believer, we're going to bring you into the kingdom. We're going to bring you into the blessing. We're going to bring you into it. We're going to believe God that God's going to bring all of us through this, not just some of us, all of us through us, so that God's grace can be glorified and we can, and we can begin to praise God in an abundant way for what he's doing in our life. Amen. So there's a power in that, a great power. And I, want, I don't want you to be discouraged. Let's thank God for what he's doing. Thank God that there's something unseen that God is. There are secret opportunities open up that I want all of you to be aware of. And they're for you and your family and your children. And we're going to step into it and we're going to come out better than we've been before. So don't be discouraged. Don't, get, don't, don't allow that emotional stress to be prolonged. God never called you to be going through it on and on and on and on. No, 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 no. Just say, okay, so you got afraid, so you were discouraged. It's okay. Grab your faith and begin to praise Him. Come out of it. And then you'll come out of what we're going through right now in our life. Amen? And I want to say this, because when you're in a battle, a lot of things happen. But one of the things that is pretty predominant is this. Sometimes we start to reflect, and go, well, maybe if I would have been better, or maybe if America had been better, or maybe if people were better, these things wouldn't happen. And we start condemning ourselves, start feeling bad about it. And I want to just say this and make it real clear. Hell always takes our failures and causes them to cause us to, to become losers. That's what hell does. It'll take every failure that you make in your life and turn you into a loser. That's its predominant thought and idea that evil does. But heaven's different. Heaven will take all of our mistakes and it will take them and transform them into the image of God. 
transform them into God's destiny in your life. God will even take your disobedience and turn it into an obedience that is willing to do whatever God says to do. It's, it's something that God does. Heaven does it differently than what hell does. Hell always tries to get you to think that you're a loser. What's the use? I can't do it anyway. I keep failing at this. Let me read you a verse in Micah 7:8. Look at this verse. It says, Do not rejoice or or do not rejoice over me, my enemies. When I fall, I will arise. Oh, say it. Come on, say it. I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. You're going to rise up. You're not going to be stuck in darkness. You're going to rise up and God's going to bless you in a great way. In fact, I wrote this down, uh, that failure is never final when you're looking to heaven. It's only final when you're looking to hell. And I use that term because that's the dark side. That's what the devil's trying to do. You are not a loser. You're coming out of this and you're going to win big in Christ Jesus. Let me, let me show you this, if I could, from the cross of Jesus dying on the cross. You know, whenever you study scripture and stuff, there's some images and stuff and everything Jesus did that points to our redemption on what God has for us. And on the cross, if you remember, Jesus was placed between two thieves. One of the thieves said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you, when, you go, you know, when you go to paradise. And Jesus said to him, today you'll be with me in paradise. And then the other one criticized Jesus, said, if you be the son of God, you know, you can set us free and all that kind of stuff. And, and he, was, he was very coarse and bitter and all that. But the other one realized that he was a sinner that he needed forgiveness. And the Bible says that the soldiers that evening were going to break the bones of the thieves, and they did break the, bone, the, the legs of the thieves. But also, they were intending to break the bones of Jesus. What's interesting is, in the story, and it's a type and shadow of, of redemption, is when they went to the one thief to break his bones, the one that is in paradise with Jesus or would be in paradise with Jesus is a type of Adam in the beginning because when he sinned, his legs were broken. He fell. But God brought him because of Jesus' sacrifice into salvation. And the other thief, on the other hand, represents the fall of Satan and the fall of man. And he didn't make it to paradise. Because Jesus didn't die for that. But when they came to Jesus, they didn't break Jesus' legs. He had already died. I want you to understand why this is written the way it's written. Why didn't they break his legs? Because he had already died. But why is that in Scripture? Because the very next thing they did, just to make sure... He was, he was dead, is the soldier took a javelin and shoved it through the side of Jesus and out came water and blood. 
What does that mean, water and blood? What does it represent? You remember in the beginning when Adam or Eve was made out of Adam, Adam fell into a deep sleep and, and God took the side out of Adam and made the woman out of that bone? Jesus on the cross, when that soldier shoved that javelin through his side, water and blood came out because that's the, those are the things that happen when there's a birth. The breaking of the water, there's blood. And it represents the church being born and the bride of Christ being born. Jesus on that cross birthed the bride into existence. The new birth, they call it. It's our redemption. The whole cross was to redeem you from your sins. The whole purpose of Jesus dying on that cross is so that you could be one spirit with him. You could be his body and he will not leave his body. He will not allow his body to be without redemption, without help. It's part of him and God's not going to leave us here. He's not going to forsake us. He's not going to give up on us. He's not going to throw in the towel. He is not going to do any of those things. And that's what you ought to be excited about today in this message is that God hasn't left us. He loves us. He wants us. He wants to help us. He wants to give you a breakthrough in your life. And it may seem like it's down the road, but we're going to get through it. And as we get through it, I'll tell you what, God is going to do something supernatural in your life in a great way, in a supernatural way. So my question to you today is this. Have you really sought after God during this time that we're in? Have you really sought him with all your heart? Take this time to seek God. And remind him of what he's done in your life. It's not the first time that he's given you a breakthrough. It's not the first time that he was there when no one else was there. It's not the first time that, that he was that comforter when you needed comfort. It's not the first time. And his promises are forever. That should cause us to begin to praise God in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the waves, in the midst of the, the loneliness and all that. Father, we thank you so much for delivering us, for setting us free. We thank you, Lord, that even though what the enemy meet, meant for evil, you've meant it for good, that, it would, that an opportunity, that spiritual things would happen and that breakthroughs would happen and our country would come back to you and your people would seek you with all your heart. Father, thank you so much that whatever's thrown at us, Lord, can never defeat us. It can never push us down and push us out. There's a great power in this. And I want you to feel my heart on this because I just feel like sometimes that we don't realize that we are the reason this whole world has not completely fallen apart. We are the seed of the future. And God's going to use the church to wake up and to be strong and mighty 
and so that God's power can reign. Because just like I said in the message last week, He's coming back at a time we don't expect it. We expect Him right now, but He's coming back at a time when we don't expect it. And that's why the church needs to wake up and arise. And God wants to do the same thing for you today. Let's be like Jehoshaphat. Seek God and, and, and then get the word from God. Hey, the battle's not yours, it's mine. God said the battle is his. We just got to thank him in the midst of it. We can't allow the emotional distress in our lives to push us down, to get us crabby and grumpy and all that. We got to thank God for what he's doing on our life. Thank God that you're walking in divine healing. Thank God there's provision. Thank God that no one's going hungry. God is there to minister to us. And I'm excited about it because I know that it's something that is going to bring out qualities and characteristics in all of us that were under the surface before. But as the refiner's fire happens, quality is going to come out of every one of you. Be encouraged. It's only a moment in time. There's going to be a time to enjoy the blessings that God sends us in a supernatural way. And what's so cool about all of this is that God's going to deal with the devil in a way where he can't throw this back at us again. And that's the nature of God. Eliminate that mountain was so severe. Okay, that devil, you can never do that again. I'm going to wipe that out. I believe he's going to do that as well with this. There's no fear here. Listen, if you've been listening to this message, maybe you're in that place and you're going, man, I, gosh, I hope I am a member of the body of Christ. I hope I am his bride. Don't hope. Just believe. The Bible said whoever calls upon him, they would be saved. In other words, if you just call upon God, God will save you and you don't have, to, you don't have any more fear. You don't have to be afraid anymore. Because God is the creator of all things. And if you get him in your life and he forgives you all your sins, you're going to be in super duper shape, if I could say it that way. Now listen, on our screen we have a, a text number that you can text. and Because I'm going to pray for you to come to Jesus. And, and I'm going to pray two things. I'm going to pray for the backslider. Say, Lord, I'm, 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 I'm turning around. I'm turning to you, Lord. I, I keep slipping and falling, but I'm going to turn for you. I'm going to do that. I want to pray for you as well, but I also want to pray for those of you, maybe you just, you know, maybe you've been playing church all your life and you really never made Jesus Lord of your life. And through all this kind of waking you, oh, I need to get right with God. I need to, I can't do my own thing here. I got to quit playing games. I got to give my life to Jesus today. Please do so. Because it's so much easier to overcome and, and prevail and, and keep joy in your life and have peace. Without Jesus, you can't have that. And all, it's just simple. It's, you don't have to be a theologian to get saved. You just got to turn to Jesus. And so let me lead you in a prayer. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending Jesus into my life. Thank you that on the cross he took not just the world's sins, but my sins. 
and he became punished for my sake so that I could walk with you and, and, and walk in unity with you. And Father, thank you so much for raising him from the dead because when you rose him from the dead, you made a way for me to be saved in spite of my sins through your son. Father, I confess him as Lord in my life and I'm asking that you'd guide me and lead me and, and bring me into the place, Father, that I need to be. And Father, I thank you for this and I give you praise in Jesus' name. Boy, I'm excited. See, salvation is simply, it. it's not something you do, it's something that you say out of your faith. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You can rest assured now the Holy Spirit is inside of you. Rest assured now that you have God inside of you. And if you write down our text, it's Jesus, and then the church uh, number here, 253-859-0832. If you text that, we'll send you some material to get you on track so that you can get connected with other believers and get established in the faith. And listen, be a part of what God's doing. Keep following God. Keep seeking God and rejoice in Him for He is everything to us. And everyone that loved Him said, Amen and Amen. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out riveroflifefellowship.org, our mobile app, and our podcast. Also, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at River of Life Kent to learn more and keep up with everything that's happening at River of Life Fellowship.